Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, good morning, everyone. Tim Decker here with you on a beautiful blue Yet chilly sky here in central Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and making us part of your Saturday morning. Let me give you the phone numbers. Let's get this out of the way. So uh, if you have anything you'd like to discuss with me, uh, I don't like to wait till the end of the show because sometimes we leave people hanging. So I encourage you uh, to call in early. And if you'll just be a little patient, we will take your calls in the order in which we receive them. You can reach JC, my producer, at 540-0580. That's the 717 area code. Again, that's 540-0580 in the 717 area code. And anywhere else you can hear my voice, it is toll-free at 800-724-5801. Again, that 800 number is 800, of course, 724-5801. One. Okay. Are you ready for the next correction? Are you ready for the next bear market? If you are on our e-newsletter list, and by the way, if you are not, by all means, it's available for you to help educate you, and it's completely free. All you have to do is go to our website, which is isifinancialgroup.com. That's isifinancialgroup.com. Dot com, and right there on the home page, um, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll find a place that uh, you can sign up for our e-newsletter, and you will regularly get, in fact, we sent something out yesterday, uh, different articles on different topics that are meant to inform you and educate you and help you so that you are well-armed to not only make the right decisions as it pertains to your finances, but to also help protect you and to warn you about many of the unfortunate financial scams that are continually out there, many that are designed to move money from your pocket to salespeople's pocket. And uh, it's something that I'm passionate about in my uh, uh, effort here on this radio show Our goal ultimately is to be your trusted resource for all financial truths. I want to be and earn your trust as a resource for all financial truths. Anyway, um, in a recent uh, e-newsletter that we had sent out to both non-clients and clients, I had titled the uh, uh, email and the article, and it said, Surprise is the mother of all panics. Surprise is the mother of all panics. So let me ask you, and you ask yourself, are you ready for the next market decline? 
I don't know when it's going to happen. It may not happen for a week. It may not happen for a year. It may not happen for five years. I have no clue, nor does anyone else. And anybody that leads you to believe that they know are also the same people that will be very happy to sell you a bridge in Brooklyn and also will be happy to sell you some outrageously expensive high-commission products in an effort to get you to help them make substantial amounts of money in the way of commissions. So I don't know, nor does anyone know, when the next market declines will take place. But what we do know is it will. And the time to be prepared is now. Are you prepared? Well, we're going to talk about this morning, what are some things that you can do and some things that you should do that will help you get a real good, honest sense as to whether or not you are prepared for the next market decline. I'm going to share some very helpful and practical information that I encourage you to heed, maybe make some notes. And it's important that you are honest with yourself. It's important that you look at the truth and not allow your overconfidence or your your biases to get in the way of some of these things that I'm going to ask of you. What about the financial markets as we speak? Well, we know that the Dow Jones 30, and uh, I'm going to start making an effort to include that number whenever I refer to the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30, and the reason why is it will be a way to help remind all of you that the Dow Jones Industrial Average is only comprised of 30 U.S. companies. Many people are not aware of that. So I can't promise you that I'll always remember it, but I'm going to at least make an effort that whenever I reference the Dow Jones Industrial Average, that I'm going to include the number 30 with that in an effort to remind you. But as the markets have reached all-time highs in the last few weeks, although we've seen a little bit of a breather here uh, of late. I was looking this morning, which I do from time to time, at the sentiment indicators out there just to get an idea as to what the general public, that being individual investors, sentiment is as it relates to the current market environment. And according to the American Association of Individual Investors' most recent survey, and this was reported in Barron's Magazine this morning, only 30% of those surveyed individuals such as yourself are actually optimistic and bullish on the U.S. stock market. And the reason why I bring this up is when you think back to major market bubbles that we have historically had, although history does not guarantee what's going to necessarily take place in the future. However, history is the only guide that we have, and thus it's the best guide that we have. But when you look back at major market tops and major bubbles in the U.S. market as well as other markets throughout the world, and you see one of the things that typically is very common, it has to do with individual investor sentiment. 
And most often, it is the opposite of what it should be. In other words, if you go back in the most the most uh, uh, fam- familiar one that uh, you could relate to would be the tech bubble of 2000 leading up to that 1998, 1999, up to 2000. Everybody that you were talking to was making money in the stock market. I mean, just step back and, and, and remember where you were, what you were doing. Everybody was talking about how great tech stocks were, the taxi cab drivers, the soccer moms, your neighbors at cookouts, at the barber shop. I mean, everybody was talking about how great things were in the stock market. And the sentiment, unlike it is now, which only 30% of those surveyed right now are bullish, are optimistic on the U.S. stock market. Back then, when you go back and you look at what the indicators were then it was the complete opposite. The far majority of individuals when they were surveyed were extremely bullish. So what we have now would not seem to indicate, albeit we don't know, but we definitely do not have over-optimistic senses amongst individual investors. In fact, it is on the lower end. 46.5% of individual investors surveyed recently by the American Association of Individual Investors. 46.5% are outright bearish versus only 30% are bullish. What that means is there is a lot of individual investors who are still licking their wounds from 2008. Are you one of those? Are you an investor who got burnt at the end of 2007 as the market peaked and went down through 2008 and then finally bottomed out in March of 2009? Are you an investor who got burnt? Did you sell? Did you lose Money, did you have experiences that since then you swore off that you would never, ever invest in the stock market again? Well, there are a lot of individuals out there like that. I have met many of them over the last few years who still had money sitting in cash or had got scared into things such as gold and have missed out on the tremendous, tremendous returns that have subsequently taken place since March 9th of 2009. When we come back, we're going to talk about what you need to know as it pertains to having confidence that you are indeed ready for the next hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Next market correction. Whenever that may be, whether it's next week, whether it's next year, whether it's five, ten years from now, I have no clue. 
But what I do know is the time to be ready is before it takes place. Because as I shared with you, surprise is the mother of all panics. Okay, we'll take our break. Please don't go anywhere. We'll be right right back, and we'll also go to the phones. I'm Tim Decker, and this is Financial Freedom. Welcome back as we talk about things that have to do with the long run, the long run being your future as you ease into retirement, as you think about retirement, and for those of you who are in retirement. Remember, a married couple, if you're married, there is greater than a 50% chance that one of you two will live into your early 90s. That's what the current data shows greater than a 50% chance that one of you two will live into your early 90s. Are you prepared to live that long? Are you prepared to be able to have an income that you will never outlive as well as be able to keep up with inflation? Well, it's important that you know that answer because as I have said many times over the years, you do not get a second chance at a secure retirement. Okay, let's go to the phones. I believe we have Gene, who has patiently been holding from Denver. Hi, Gene. How may I help you, ma'am? Gene, you're on the air if you're with us. Well, JC, I guess um, maybe we lost her. Gene, if you're there and you want to call back in, uh, we'll be sure and put you right on. Okay. Are you ready for the next correction. Just let me again remind you, just to put things in perspective, a little bit of history. Since World War II, the end of World War II, 1945, let me just review with you what has taken place. What's taken place is what we know is the U.S. market has had, on average, about a 10% decline once per year. A 10% decline on average once per year. The markets here in the U.S. have had about a 15% decline, give or take a little bit either way, of course. But about a 15% decline about once every three years. And what is considered a bear market, uh, a decline of approximately 20% or more. We've seen approximately once every five years. So what this should tell you and should tell all of us, is that market declines are normal. The sun goes up, the sun goes down. The sun goes up, the sun goes down. But because what we've seen over centuries, every time that we've had a market decline, it has always been, not most of the time, not some of the time, it has always been, a tremendous opportunity for those of us who have a process and a strategy in place to be able to be buyers of great companies throughout the world while prices are selling at a lower price than what they were before the decline. But what we also know is it's a very unfortunate time for most investors 
because most individuals don't end up doing the right thing. What do they end up doing? What do you end up doing as an investor in aggregate? You look at your statements. You see the value of your investments going down. You don't have confidence in what you own. You don't have a strategy in place that is helping protect you and help dampen that temporary decline. And you don't have a process in place that actually allows you to take advantage of it. Do you have confidence in what you own? <clears throat> Let me ask you a very pointed question that I want you to be honest with yourself. Do you know, do you really know what you own, what your investments consist of? If you own mutual funds, if you own ETFs, do you really know what's in those? Do you know how those types of investments performed when we had the most recent market declines? Have you gone back, and this is a very, very important exercise, and it's something that we do over and over again when we build portfolios for our clients, I can tell you in all of our clients' portfolios what their investments that they own now, what they did as it relates to market performance and fluctuation and volatility during 2007, 2008, 2009. Also, going all the way back to 2000 through 2002. Do you know? Do you know what is going to happen to your portfolio when we go through one of these normal 10% declines that, again, historically since World War II have happened about once a year, or one of these 15% declines that since World War II have happened about once every three years, or when we have the next bear market, that being a 20% decline that historically since World War II has happened approximately once every five years, do you know what kind of decline you're going to experience in your portfolio? Do you really know that? And do you know how those investments that you own performed in 2008, 2009? Because how they performed then during the last major market decline and the one before that in 2000, 2002 will give you a real good sense as to what you should expect when we have the next market decline. And guess what? We will. Why am I talking about this? Well, we have not had a bear market since the bear market of 2008 bottomed out in March of 2009. And if they, on average, have happened about once every five years, folks, we're due. Now, again, let me make it clear, very clear. I'm not recommending that you change your investment portfolio. I'm not recommending that you in any way attempt to time the market, that you sell your stock holdings. I am not recommending that any way whatsoever. In fact, doing so would be a foolish thing unless it is guided by your 
financial plan and or your portfolio needing to be rebalanced because we don't know when we're going to have the next market decline. But the time to talk about it and the time to be prepared is before it happens because let me again drive home what I said earlier. Surprise is the mother of all panics. And if you're a listener to this program and if you've listened to me over the 25 plus years we've been on the air here in central Pennsylvania, you have heard a common theme, and that is make sure that you are prepared. Make sure you have run a financial fire drill before that bell goes off. Because what we know is most investors are not prepared. Individual investors as well as institutional investors. And what we also know is when you look at all of the data, individual investors significantly underperform the returns of the markets themselves because of their behavior, because of chasing what has been doing well. And then when all of a sudden we have a normal market decline, Fear takes over because of lack of confidence, lack of education, lack of having understanding of what you own, lack of knowing what to expect, lack of not having a process in place that not only helps dampen temporary declines based upon your own portfolio needs, your objectives, your own personal tolerance for risk, but all of those things catch people by surprise. And that's why most of you, when we have the next market decline, are going to do what most of you usually do. You're going to allow emotions, in this case fear, cause you to make unwise choices. So that's why I talk about this. And the time for me to be talking about it is during times like now when markets are at all-time highs. Because a lot of money can be made during market declines. But as we saw in 2007, 2008, in the beginning of 2009. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Millions and billions were lost by investors who didn't have a plan, who didn't have a process who didn't understand what to expect, didn't have a strategy in place to take advantage of it. And the reason that money was lost is because they, or perhaps you, chose to sell. So my goal and my objective continues to be, as one of the points that I emphasize on this program, is to encourage you to quit procrastinating. Get your financial house in order now while things are calm, while things are okay. Get yourself a good, sound 
comprehensive, holistic financial plan that has built into it and has accounted for and has expected the next decline and declines that will take place. Now is the time to make sure that you have a plan in place. Now is the time to make sure you understand what you own. Now is the time to 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 look back at recent bear markets and declines and see how the investments that you hold now did during that time period to see and to answer. Are you going to be okay experiencing that again? Because if the answer is no, now's the time to make any adjustments and changes, not when the event occurs, because it will occur. And as a listener of this program, you have no excuse to be surprised because I have shared with you what we know from history. I've encouraged you. I have attempted to urge you and nudge you to quit procrastinating and get your financial house in order. I can promise you the sense of security, the sense of satisfaction of knowing that you have a plan in place and then you have a portfolio that has been customized and built around your personal plan, your goals, your needs, your tolerance for risk. And then, as important, if not even more important, that you have an ongoing process in place. And this is where most investors really fall down, especially people who try to do it on their own. They may have some good investments. They may have some good investments through Vanguard, but they do not have a process in place that takes the emotions out of it that makes sure that regularly those accounts and those investments are monitored, are rebalanced as needed, and when we go through the next market decline, they do not have a process in place that allows them to capitalize and take advantage of the opportunities that exist. Okay, let's go to... The news, when we come back, we'll pick right up. Uh, again, if you have anything you'd like to ask of me, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me here, 540-0580. Again, that's 540-0580. Or toll-free, it's 800-724-5801. We want to be your trusted resource for financial truths. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Tim Decker here with you. Second half of Financial Freedom, where we want to be your trusted resource for financial truths. Let's go to the phone. We have Sam from Hummelstown. Sam, I sincerely appreciate your patience. How can I help you? Sam, are you with us? Hmm. We may. There's Sam. Yes, I am. There you are. How are you, sir? Fine, thank you. That must have been on your end. I could hear you fine. Well, uh, I couldn't hear hear you. I apologize. Well, here we go. Okay. Hey, I just wanted your comment on something. I have uh, some of our funds. Uh, one of them is a Vanguard Intermediate Term Tax Exempt Fund, mm-hmm. and it's Very in a tax. Yep. It's in a taxable account. Now it's showing a short term and long term capital loss, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to decide whether or not to cash that out, take the loss to offset the premiums the interest or dividends, and then put it back in after 30 days? Well, 
What you're referring to, just for the benefit of everyone else, is uh, something that's called tax loss harvesting. Whenever you have any securities that are showing a loss under current tax laws, you can sell that at a loss. And as long as you do not buy that back within 30 days, uh, you're not going to be subject to what's called the wash sale rule. So I just wanted to share that with everyone else, uh, sure. Sam. Um, you, you can do that. I have mixed feelings, and generally speaking, um, I'm not always a big fan of tax loss harvesting. There are exceptions, and here's why. What a lot of people don't think about is when you do tax loss harvesting, in other words, let's just use a real simple example, which which obviously is going to be applicable to your fund um, as well, but let's just use a real simple number here let's say that you bought an investment whether it's this intermediate tax-free income fund or it's a stock fund or or whatever it is but let's say you pay a hundred dollars for it the price in my example here drops to fifty dollars so on paper at that point you have a fifty dollar loss obviously Mm -hmm. if you sell that you can take that $50 loss, which you harvest, and you can use that to offset gains that you have elsewhere. And or if you don't have any gains that you're under current tax laws, you can apply it up to $3,000 worth of uh, uh, ordinary income on your tax return. And whatever you don't use, as you're probably aware, Sam, you can carry forward and use it next year and uh, again under current tax law you can carry it forward indefinitely until it's all used up okay mm-hmm. the problem with this and what a lot of people don't understand is when you take going back to my example we buy it at a hundred it drops to 50 we sell it we take that fifty dollar loss and put it on a shelf so that we can use it to offset gains when we have sold that $100 investment for 50 bucks, what are we going to do with that cash as a result of that investment that we sold? Well, what most people do and what most financial advisors will say is, well, you just move it over to an investment that is similar, but the IRS says it cannot be substantially identical. Now, if only we knew exactly what they meant by that, then that would make that a little bit easier. But mm-hmm. let's say that you do sell it, you move that $50 over into uh, something else, whatever it is, but that it's not substantially identical. So you're not, uh, you know, you know, you're not kicking up the flag for the wash sale rule there. What you have just done is you have reset your basis to a lower cost. Mm-hmm. Because if we bought it initially at 100 it drops to 50 we move it over into something else, and we're paying $50 for whatever it is that we're buying. And 10 years down the road, that investment has grown and grown and grown. The cost basis that we have on that new investment is $50 versus the investment that we sold, which we originally paid $100 for, has a higher cost basis, which means in the future, we're going to have to pay taxes on a larger amount because we have a lower cost basis. So what a lot of people don't understand is when you do tax loss harvesting 
and you use it to offset gains, okay, you are not getting a a tax savings from the standpoint that you won't have to pay those taxes in the future. You're just deferring those taxes into mm-hmm. the future. And one of my concerns, Sam, is what if tax rates in the future are higher? What if you're in a different tax bracket um, that you may end up paying more taxes on that gain because it's a larger amount and if tax rates are higher you're going to wish that you wouldn't have taken that tax mm-hmm. loss so that's that's one of my biggest issues with tax loss harvesting and there's been a lot of re- real good research written on that that shows that although there is some economic benefit although not substantial there is a minor economic benefit of doing tax loss harvesting when you take into consideration the time value of money and the growth on that over the years the money that you have temporarily saved in taxes my concern is you can have a negative arbitrage where it could backfire on you you could end up paying more taxes in the future if you're if if tax rates are higher or if you're in a higher tax bracket so i would be you know i would caution against that um with the with one exception where it it always makes sense under current tax law of course if you have an account of monies that you know or you believe you're going to never spend and you're going to pass on to your heirs and to your you know mm-hmm. uh, uh kids grandkids whatever um tax loss harvesting can make a lot of sense because you'll never have to sell that asset in the future even though you have a higher cost basis on it so I know that's probably overwhelming, and I apologize if it is, but the short answer is I'm not a huge fan of tax loss harvesting in many situations because all you're doing is deferring the gains, and you're increasing your cost basis, and potentially you may be paying a higher tax on that in the future, unless you think you'll never sell that and it's going to be passed on to your mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. It does, and I appreciate your comments. So what are you going to do after all that? What do you think you're going to do? <laughs> well, I probably am going to take the loss because, A, I'm not missing that much interest in the 30 days if I just keep it in a cash account. The bond funds aren't paying that much. Second, right. I'm 70, and um, I won't need this money for some time. I'm on a fixed income retirement, so presumably in the future I'll be in a lower tax rate. As long as they, as long as the tax brackets don't go up, yes, right, 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 right. But I just want to make sure that you understand, and I think you do, yes, that that you're that you potentially are going to have a higher capital gains amount. I'm not talking about the tax bracket, but the you know, if you reset this and buy back in after 30 days, whether it be the same fund or similar fund, you're going to have potentially a higher capital gains than what you would if you didn't realize the loss now. And I think you understand that. So. But one other point, though, as long sure. as you have the 20% capital gains rate, I would be paying the higher tax rate on the dividends if I don't offset it with this loss and in the future take the, the capital gains. And if it's still 20%, I still come out a little bit ahead. But why why are you paying taxes on dividends if it's a tax free income fund? That's true. That's true. Well, 
it's offsetting other interest from other accounts. Yeah, you can do that. Up, yeah. You can do that up to three thousand dollars of ordinary income. Right. Okay. Right, but it's offsetting that other income that would be taxed at say thirty percent, as compared yep. to in the future right. a twenty percent capital gains tax. But remember, when you say it's offsetting it, you're going to have to in in the future pay that. You're not going to save that taxes. You're just deferring the taxes. Correct. On that. A lot of people think. They're saving the taxes. They're mm. not unless it's money that you never cash out and you pass on to your heirs. Because when it is sold in the future, you will have to pay the taxes then, and it's going to be potentially on a larger amount depending upon the price that you pay for the new investments. So, Great. Okay, Sam? I appreciate it very much. Have a nice day. You, Stay warm. You too. I wish you the very best, sir. Thanks for your Take call. Care. Bye-bye. Okay, let's take our last break. When we come back, we're going to go right back to the phones. And I probably would have time for one more caller. Uh, 540-0580. That's 540-0580. I'm Tim Decker, and this is Financial Freedom. Welcome back. Final segment of Financial Freedom. Let's go right to the phones. We have Brian from Duncan. And Brian, I appreciate your patience, sir. How can I help you? Hey, yes. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Hey, Tim. Why I'm calling is that I have a twofold thing here. Um, <laughs> I just left uh, a company uh, where I have about ten to 15000 in a mutual funds. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, I'm not educated i'm kind of ignorant in the whole stock market thing and whatever investments but i really don't for me having it in there for five years mm -hmm. um i really don't think um what what i'm putting about 120 in a month out of my okay. 401k but i don't think after five years i don't think 10 to fifteen thousand is a lot of money okay um, maybe i'm wrong <laughs> okay but um but i have an opportunity to take that money out now and move it somewhere else um, now I'm with the new company. They're with the same mutual um, a mutual company that mm -hmm. um, that uh, same company. So and I'm what's the name of the company? Um, it's Mutual America. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so apparently all they do deal in is mutual funds. That's it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Their portfolios. Well, so I guess my question is, I, I want to be very aggressive. I'm, I'm going to be 53 years old. This is what I have right now is what's that ten to fifteen thousand, and then when I'm putting in, um, what I'm starting to put in now is the same. Where the company I put in five percent, the company matches up to five percent. Okay. So, okay. You know, so would it be better for me? I guess what do I do with that ten to fifteen thousand? Do I just roll it over to the current mutual that I am that I'm starting with my new with um, the same company, but just underneath a new uh, employer? All right. Here's what you do. Um, let me tell you what what needs to be part of that decision process, and then based upon what you shared with me and your level of comfort as it pertains to wanting to and knowing uh, all of this information, um, uh, you know what what your comfort level is with that. Here's the here's the process that I would go through, um, whether I met with you in person or um, you know as I'm going to share with you 
right now. I would look first of all at what the investment options are with your existing plan. Look at what the expenses are associated with those plan. Number one, I would look at what the investment options are and what the expenses are with the new plan that you're considering rolling it over to. Based upon the evaluation of that, based upon your specific goals, your needs, you say you want to be, you know, fairly aggressive. Uh, I would want to have, you know, a brief discussion with you and take you through a brief exercise so that you and I as a team could make sure that you understand what that means and what you must be willing to accept and tolerate um, to 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 have that longer term higher expected return in the way of fluctuation and volatility. Ultimately take that as well as the fund options that you have and come up with an allocation and choose what fund options are going to be the best. Now I will tell you many, many times the best option is to not roll it over into the new 401k. In fact, most of the time that I've evaluated this for individuals, the best option is to roll it over into a very, very low-cost IRA, uh, maybe something to Vanguard where you can get, you know, often the funds and the expenses there are going to be substantially uh, better. The expenses are lower, not always, but the far okay. majority of the time. And there would be some options there that you could get it out of the wrapper of the 401k, get it over um, in a low-cost account using funds that may or may not be available in your 401k and that well, way you would feel you know you would feel good and you have you know you would have confidence that you made the right choice um well well this is say? where i'm well this is where i'm currently at right now with me picking my new portfolios um okay. uh, he he told me that i'm i'm 88 aggressive okay and that's okay. what I, I want to be aggressive right now i i have hope i have hope and to be honest with you i do have a lot of confidence in our current president i do see a lot of opportunity for Let's see what we can make out of this before things go south. <laughs> you know, uh, so right now well, I, I'm. I, I yeah. appreciate that. I I very much appreciate that. But I will tell you, that has nothing to do with how you invest. Don't let that have any impact on how you invest. I I don't care if you can't stand the president or you love the president. Um, that should not have any impact on how you actually invest. Okay. All right. Well, how do I get a hold of you? <laughs> Yeah, you can you can call my office. Um, we do hourly consulting, and if you want to uh, set up a time, you can come in. You can you know meet with me or someone else in my office for an hour, and you know we'll let you know all the information to send in ahead of time. That way, I can review it, and I can okay. assure you that once we go through everything, you're going to feel good and know why you're going to choose whatever options that you choose. But just make sure that you bring along all the information of your current plan, the other plan, all the funds, all the expenses, and we will look under the hood and roll up our sleeves. And you said that you don't really have a good understanding of this now. If we sit down, I can promise you, you will have a much better understanding okay. and you'll feel good about whatever decision you make. So, Very good. All right. Okay. So, how do, so um, um, if you go to our website... Um, if you go to our website, that's the uh, easiest thing. It's isifinancialgroup.com. That's isifinancialgroup.com. All of our contact information's on there, phone number, address, map, and all that. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You bet. You too.
Wow, that hour went fast. Uh, we'll have to pick back up next week on uh, some of the things we didn't get to because I do want to uh, uh, talk more about the topic of are you prepared for the next market decline because it's it's going to happen. We don't know when. It may not happen for a long time. It may happen next week. But I'm going to continue to help, you know, give you some things, some practical things that you can do and sh should do. So before it happens, obviously, because remember, as I said, surprise is the mother of all p panics, and we don't want that. Have an awesome day. We'll be with you next week. Take care. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.